No one has changed the course of human history as much as Jesus Christ. So who was this Jesus? Why did he come? Why do we still talk about him today? Why should you consider this Jesus? 2000 years ago in a little village called Bethlehem a baby was born. He grew up this man grew up in a little village called Nazareth. He spent 30 years working as a carpenter. And then for a short span of 3 years he traveled around as an itinerant preacher doing great things. He healed those who were sick. He delivered those who were troubled with demons. He multiplied food and fed the hungry. He calmed the raging sea. But most important of all, he spoke uh, about an unseen kingdom. He taught people principles about this unseen kingdom that often challenged our own thinking. But soon the tide of public opinion turned against him. His followers abandoned him. And he was delivered to the hands of his accusers to be nailed on a cross between two thieves the soldiers who nailed him they gambled for the last piece of property that he had as the only coat that he wore his body was put in a borrowed tomb that was given by a compassionate friends but 3 days later this man rose up again he showed himself alive to about 500 eyewitnesses proving to them and to us that he indeed was whom he claimed himself to be the son of the living god the savior of the world the one who came to take away our sins now since that time people have made great attempts to raise his name from human history people have ridiculed him they have tried to refute his teachings they have persecuted his followers they have threatened them killed them and even burned them alive people have tried to eliminate the bible from ever being on earth thousands of copies have been burned many men women and even children who would set their eyes on that book have lost their lives but all of those efforts have been in vain today about 2000 years later there are more books more poems and more songs written in his name than any other name there are more schools and colleges and hospitals and institutions and buildings built in his name than any other name all of human history stands divided around his birth steeples 
of churches all around the world prominently display the triumph or his triumph over sin and over death. In fact, one day every week is set aside in remembrance of him. Two major holidays celebrated all over the world. Remember his birth and his resurrection. There's only one thing we can say. That all the armies that ever marched, all the governments that ever sat, all the empires that ever reigned on this earth have not had as great impact on human history as this one solitary man, this one solitary life, that of Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want to just spend a few moments talking to us on why, who is this Jesus? Why did he come? Why do we still talk about him today? And why should you consider this man, Jesus Christ? See, the Bible reveals to us who God is, that God really is creator, and God is so powerful, so infinite, so great, that our finite minds, and as, as amazing as they may be, cannot comprehend our creator God. And yet, he is fully, or he is truly revealed to us in all of his creation. Creation points to the existence of a creator. There is intelligence in all of creation. Everything we see around us is a marvel. It's amazing. We spend thousands and thousands of man hours and time and money in trying to explore our world. And we are just scratching on the surface of the intelligence that is in one planet around us, in our own crea- in our creation around us. And we have not been able to comprehend the limits of this great universe. We keep going light years, light years, light years from the earth. And yet the universe seems to continue. There's, there seems to be no end. Why? Because it's an infinite, infinitely great creator who created everything. And that, that, that splendor, that wisdom, and that infiniteness is expressed in his creation. But this great creator God is also... A holy God, intensely pure. He's also a just God who who recognizes truth and he condemns what's wrong. And he's also a loving God. And the Bible says that this creator God decided to step into our worlds. Decided to come to you and me. Although he was so infinite, so great, and because he was so infinite, so great, He could not come to us and relate to us in that greatness, in that infiniteness. He had to limit himself to becoming a finite human being like you and me. So 2,000 years ago, the Bible says that the creator God, the God who created everything, stepped into our world in the person of Jesus Christ. So who is this man, Jesus? He's not just a man. He is God who became man. That's what the Bible says about Jesus. But why did he have to come? Why did God have to come into our world? What, for what purpose? Now keep this in mind. 
that if God was perfect, chose to come into our world to accomplish a certain purpose, he would need to do it only once. There would be no reason for him to keep coming multiple times, supposedly that his previous attempts ended in failure. That would not be the work of a perfect God. So he came once and he successfully accomplished whatever he came to accomplish. What did he come to accomplish? And why did he have to come? So we go back to the very beginning of time when when God created man and woman and he put them in a perfect world. The Bible tells us Adam and Eve were sinless and perfect. And yet because they chose to disobey God, sin is separated them and the rest of us from our eternal God. Sin became this huge barrier, this huge divide that kept you and me from accessing our own creator, from having that relationship, that connection with our creator God. Sin not only separated us from God, but sin ruined our lives because it opened our world to all kinds of demonic powers. Whether you personally believe in a devil or not doesn't matter. It's happening all around us. The powers of darkness are harassing minds, troubling people, leading men and women astray into greater sin. And so all of creation went into a process of decay. Mankind went into a process of moral decay. And the world kept getting worse and worse because of sin and the powers of darkness that gained access to our world. Lives today are being troubled by demonic powers. People, you and I today, are held captive to all kinds of addictions. Our lives are broken. Our, our minds many, many times are oppressed, troubled, some depressed, and, and, gone, and taken into all kinds of confusions. All of us struggle. But the greatest consequence of sin the Bible brings to our attention is that it leads you and me Into an eternity that's away from God in a place called hell. Now whether you like to believe in a place called hell or not. Doesn't really matter because even if you and I deny its existence. It does not make it go away. The Bible says very clearly that there is a place called hell. And we in our own sin. Because we cannot stand before an intensely holy God. Are being separated And we are heading to an eternal separation from God in hell. The Bible also makes this very clear. That it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that comes the judgment. Meaning we've got one chance at this. Not a hundred chances. It is appointed unto man once to die. You're not going to die another time. Once. And then comes the judgment. Which means all of us are in this present state. That we are sinners. We've done things that are wrong. That are unacceptable in the eyes of God. We are presently separated from Him. Disconnected from Him. Sin is this huge barrier. We are currently tormented. And our lives are open to all kinds of demonic powers. And we are eternally heading to a place called hell. That's the story of your life and mine. But would God want to see that happen to you and me? No. The Bible says that inasmuch as God is holy, 
And as much as God is just, He is an intensely loving God and He treasures you and me. You and I are His prized possession. But my words cannot describe the heartbeat of God for you as a person. God loves you intensely. He loves you and me so much. And He does not want you and me to live in this kind of of in this kind of a situation. He doesn't want you and me to be presently separated from Him. He does not want you and me to have our lives open to bondage and sin and trouble by demonic powers. And definitely, He does not want you and me to end up in an eternal place called hell, separated from Him. That's never His desire. But He had to do something about this whole thing. And that's why God, the eternal God, the powerful God, the glorious God, Step into our world as a finite human being. That's the reason. He came. So the Bible says, when Jesus was born, the angel announced, he said, you will call his name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. He came, the Bible says, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners, me, You, he came because his heart was longing to do something about the predicament you and I found ourselves in because of sin. He came to save sinners. He came to give us life that we did not have. Jesus said in John 10 verse 10, he said, I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. And the life he was talking about was not the biological or the psychological kind of life that you and I understand it. But he was talking about the God kind of life. He's saying, I want to give you a quality of life that you don't get here on earth. It's a life that comes from the creator God in heaven. And I've I've come to give this to you in abundance as much as you need it. I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. The God kind of life. Now in order to Make all of this possible for you and me. He had to do one thing. Our sins required upon that they needed to be paid for. God being a just God cannot just overlook sin. He can't just say, well, I will absolve all of them of all their guilt randomly. Sin demanded that a price had to be paid. Justice had to be meted. Our sin demanded that it had to be dealt with. And Jesus Christ, the Bible says... The God who became man, who himself was without any sin. He alone could be the substitute for you and me. Now hear this very carefully. No other man or woman could become a substitute for you and me. Simply because every man, every woman is born in sin. And each man, each woman will have to pay for their own sin. Only God, the perfect one who became a man and who lived that perfect life, only he could become a substitute because he had no sin of his own. Jesus is unique. Difference. Because he was God who became man and he took upon him the sins of us all. So when Jesus was crucified on the cross, several things happened. First, he took upon himself the penalty for your sin and mine. So imagine you, and this is probably a very, very simplistic illustration. Imagine you went into a restaurant, you ordered all the food, 
and the waiter came and gave you the bill. But somebody stood up and paid it for you. You did everything. You ate the food. You did it all. But somebody else paid it. Which means you, there would be no requirement for you to pay that again a second time. So that's what happened on the cross. That Jesus Christ, the sinless one, the God who became man, he went on the cross and he said, bring it on. He took the sins of the whole world, the Bible says. He became the payment for our sins. The punishment of our sins was placed upon him. And he suffered. He died. He went to where you and I had to go. He became our substitute. He paid in advance the, the penalty for all our sins. Not only that, he also broke the power of Satan, the, the Satan of, of all of the demonic powers. The Bible says he as a man representing you and me. Representing the entire human race. He broke the power of Satan. He destroyed the one who had the power of death. That is the devil. So on the cross Jesus triumphed. Over demonic prophets. He crushed the head of the serpent. And he said people who, are, who believe in me. Will no longer come under the oppression of Satan. He triumphed over the devil. Who had humanity in his grip. Jesus Christ was buried. And three days later, he rose up again. Unique. Because no other man has been risen, has been raised from the dead. Revealing to us that he truly was who he said he is. God who became man. He showed himself alive to 500 eyewitnesses. Now 500 eyewitnesses will hold up in any court of law. So you cannot discredit his resurrection. And he is alive. He ascended into heaven. And, the, and he promised his believers. He said, I am coming back again. So Jesus Christ is coming back again. To rule and to reign. So who is he? God who became man. Why did he come? To rescue you and me. To be your savior. To be our savior. To be our healer. To be our deliverer. To be our miracle worker. To turn things around in our lives. So why do we still talk about him? Because before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, go to the whole world. Tell them this good news that every person can have their sins forgiven if they are willing to believe in me. So the Bible says, to him the prophets speak and give witness that anyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Why do we talk about him? Because we need to tell people that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe in him him for who he claimed to be. That you believe in him for the work he did for you on the cross. That you believe in him that he is alive today. Your sins will be forgiven. And the Bible says that when we believe in him, we are translated from and out of the powers of darkness. And we are translated into the kingdom, in his own kingdom. That means there's a transfer taking place. He brings you out from submission and control of the devil and he translates you into his kingdom. A change of citizenship takes place. You get a new passport, if you will. A new identity. You no longer are under the control of darkness. You now become a child of God. You come into the kingdom of light. And the devil has no more claim over your life. 
Why do we still talk about him today? Because the Bible promises that everyone who believes in him, to them he gives the power of the right to become the children of God. So although in our sins we are separated from God, here is an offer that we need to announce to the whole world that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ can become a son or a daughter of God, come into a relationship with God which no religion can give to you, no philosophy can uh, give you access to, and no other human being can make it possible for you. Jesus Christ alone brings you and makes you a son or a daughter of God. Think about it. Why do we still talk about him today? Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It means that yesterday he revealed himself as Savior, Healer, Deliverer, Miracle Worker. And today he remains the same for you and for me. That he's waiting to be your Savior, your Healer, your Deliverer. And miracle worker. And the same for me. So we need to go tell this good news. Jesus Christ. Is waiting. To do this for you. Say. How do I get access to this? Do I need to sign a piece of paper? Do I need to become a member of the church? No. The Bible says. Repent and believe. So what does repent mean? Repent simply means to have a change in our thinking. It means to abandon our own ideas, our own thoughts, our own philosophies, our own mindsets, our own desires. To abandon that and say, I'm going to embrace what Jesus Christ is calling me into. That's repentance. So what do you do? Repent. Turn away from your own thoughts, your own ideas. Maybe some of us think, man, the life I'm living is so nice. I have fun. I do whatever I want to. Man, it's, it's, it's so good. But Jesus says, you want to follow me? You want to have your sins forgiven? Turn away from that. Come to me. Some of us may think, well, I'll make it to God my own way. Maybe I'll do enough good that will eventually outweigh all the wrong I've done. Jesus, repent. Turn away from that foolish thinking. Come to me. I am the way, the truth, the life. So the, the gospel, the Bible Tells us in order to access, in order to receive what Jesus Christ is giving to us, we must repent, turn away from our own wrong thinking, abandon our own wrong ideas, and embrace the truth that Jesus has spoken. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ. For who he claimed to be. Now who did Jesus claim himself to be? Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. He did not say I will show you the way. He said I am the way. So you don't come to Jesus to find the way. You come to Jesus because he is the only way. He didn't say I will show you the truth. He said I am the truth. So you don't come to Jesus to find some truth. You come to him and him alone because he is truth. What else did Jesus say? He said, if you want to be my follower, you got to take up your cross and follow me. Meaning, following Jesus is not an escape from the world. In fact, it might make things even more difficult than what you're experiencing right now. Because he said, you got to take up your cross. The cross means you, there will be challenges, there will be difficulties, there will be people might have, 
might laugh at you. They may think you've you know, suddenly become religious, whatever. But Jesus said, if you want to follow me, this is it. Meaning, I'm giving it to you for free. But there might be some challenges. This life he's giving us is free. This forgiveness of sins he's giving us is free. This access into the presence of God to become a son or daughter of God is, is free. But on this earth, there could be some challenges. So we're not pushing off something on you, giving you some false promise. The promise of eternal life is free, but there could be consequences here on earth. And Jesus says, if you still want what I have to offer you, come follow me. This is it. So the last question, what will you and I do with this Jesus? We can't discredit him. We can't discount him. We can't turn a blind eye to him. Because the next question is, if you do that, what will you do without him? How would you address the problem of sin? How would you address the problem of eternal judgment? What else can you stand on when you stand before Almighty God? Would you have enough good works to stand before a holy God and say, I need access, I deserve access into your presence? What else can you stand on when you need to contend with those, uh, those demonic powers that trouble you? What else can you and I stand on when we need to get rid of all of the addictions and bondages that hold us? Is there anything else? I don't think so. So the question for you and me today is, what will we do with this Jesus? He says, whoever believes in me, will have eternal life. He says, if you will follow me, I will make you a child of God. He says, if you will believe in me, your sins will be forgiven and you will become a new person. We have one of two choices. We either receive it or we don't. We either say yes to Jesus or we say no. But he requires a decision. It requires a decision. So this morning, we're going to take a few moments to pray. I have presented to you and me as simply as I know how and as concisely as I can this message. that We have to go tell the whole world that each one of us are in need of a Savior and that 2,000 years ago, God did exactly that in Jesus Christ. The question is, will you and I respond to that? Will you and I say yes to Jesus and say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to embrace you. I want you to come into my life and forgive my sins. Or would we say, no, I don't want it. That choice is something each one of us will have to make personally. I cannot do that for you and nobody else can do that for you. It's a choice you will have to make. So this morning, I want to take a moment to pray right now. And if you don't mind, could we just bow our heads, please? And all of us in this room, we need a Savior. We need somebody who can save us from our sins, who can save us from the works of darkness, who can bring us into this personal relationship with God. And Jesus Christ came to do just that. 
regardless of who you are, what your background is, what your personal religious upbringing is, the Lord Jesus offers forgiveness of sins. This God kind of life, this opportunity to become a son or a daughter of God, this transfer into his own kingdom so that you can become a brand new person and darkness can be expelled out of you and the powers of darkness will no longer have any claim over you. He's giving that to you and me. But it's up to each one of us to receive. He says, repent and believe. If there is even one person here this morning, and you've never personally done that in your life, but this morning you'd like to do that. You feel convinced inside you. You feel an urge inside you. You feel a desire inside you saying, yes, I am going to make a choice to believe in this Jesus Christ. And I'm willing to do it no matter what it costs me. I'm willing to do it because I want to do it. And I want to believe and follow this Jesus. If you feel that conviction rising in your heart. Then I want to lead you in a simple prayer to express it. And if you've never done this before. I want you to pray that prayer with me. This very moment to express your choice. To express your decision. To believe in Jesus Christ. If you've never done this before but you would like to do it this morning, then I invite you to pray this with me. Could you say this with me, please? Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose up again and you're alive today. I ask you to forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. Make me a new person and help me follow you the rest of my life. I turn away from my own ways. And this morning, I make my choice to follow you, Jesus. There is no turning back. And I do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anyone here? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. We want to celebrate with you because this is a great decision you've made. If you don't mind, just lift your hand up. You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. Just put your hand up. We want to celebrate with you. Just put your hand up. I see one hand up there. Great. Praise God. Anybody else up in the balcony? I see another hand there. Three, two more, four more hands there. Several hands up. Just put it high up in the air so we can clap with you. Others there. Anybody else? Just put your hand up. Our greeters are coming down your way and are going to give you a red bag. A red bag that has books in it, literature in it that will help you. Also, they're going to give you a card that says, My Decision. What we'd like you to do is just write your name and either your, uh, uh, your phone number uh, or email. Your name and phone number is preferred. And somebody from the church will get in touch with you to speak to you and just help you on your journey forward with Jesus. So if you don't mind, just... Write your name and your number, and if you want, your email ID as well. And just give it back to them right now. Uh, They've got a pen. They've got a little card there. If you do that, we can help you continue in this journey, in this decision that you've made. It's the greatest decision in your life. You may not realize it, but this very moment you've been translated out of darkness 
and you've been brought into God's kingdom. This very moment, you've been brought into the family of God, become a son or a daughter of God. You can look at God and say, God, you're my father. An amazing thing has taken place inside you. Whether you felt any change or not, the Bible says you've become a new creation. Anybody else, you prayed this prayer, you haven't got the bag here, just put your hand up. Uh, We want to make sure everybody gets it. Anybody else? Okay. Now, the Lord Jesus not only brings this experience that we call salvation to us, not only forgives our sins and changes us on the inside, but He's real today. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He's the one who can set us free from various things. And so we want to pray for that as well. Whether you're sick in your body, whether you've got something else going on. I mean, I'm about to be worshiping this morning. My lady came, my young lady came. She said she wanted to share a testimony. I said, you know, please send it by email. We'll, we'll do that next Sunday. But because something, God, the Lord did something wonderful in her life. You heard Karuna's story a few moments ago. And there are so many people seated here. Many I know personally, but God's done amazing things in their lives as they've journeyed with him. And so we want to pray right now, take a few moments to pray and ask the Lord to heal. Two Sundays ago when we prayed in the name of Jesus, there's a young man who sent an email saying, you know, I had, he had been having a, a pain in his back for the last three months. But that Sunday we prayed, the Lord healed him. But he went back home to make sure everything was okay. And after a week, he sent the email. So the Lord is doing wonderful things. And he still does amazing things. And we're going to pray right now. Is that okay? So whatever your need is, I want you to just pray with me. Pray in the name of Jesus. We're going to ask the Lord just to heal people. There could be people here who are sick in their bodies. Uh, Maybe people are troubled in their minds. Maybe there are people who are held in bondage, in addiction. I remember some years ago, we were in a different auditorium. A man came, a young man came, he attended only one service. He happened to be in Bangalore. He came for that one service. But at that moment, that time he came, he was into drugs. He was in all kinds of things. But the Lord did something in that one service. He left a different person. The next thing I heard was he was serving Jesus. He'd gone back to Delhi and he was serving Jesus. God had totally set him free from all of those things. So he walked in. He got set free. When he went back home, he decided he's going to follow Jesus. But I heard about it. He sent an email a long time after that. But that was it. Just that one service. And God did it. So I'm sure that today as we pray, and we don't want to, you know, make, a, you know, uh, make this more dramatic than it needs to be. In a very simple way, right where you are, the Lord Jesus will heal you, break bondages in your life, set you free, work in your situation. Some of us could be in situations that we need God to intervene, that we need God to step in, and Jesus did those kinds of things. And He still does them today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. And you pray whatever you need. For your life. I will pray from here. And the Lord will do his work. And I, and, and I will wait for you. For you to send me an email or an, a message. And let me know what the Lord has done for you. Is that okay? So let's just bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, we worship you. You are the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. 
you still heal, you still deliver, you still break bondages, you still set the captives free, you still heal the brokenhearted, you still deliver those who are oppressed. So Lord Jesus, we pray, you'll do this in this very auditorium right now. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every demonic work, every spirit of infirmity, I command you to leave. Every spirit that's troubling the minds, harassing minds of people, suicidal spirits, spirits that are causing confusion and depression, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus, that all the heaviness and the weight leave in the name of the Lord Jesus. And also in this place, I command people who are sick in their bodies to be healed in the name of Jesus, bones to be healed. Problems in the spine, the vertebrae to be healed in Jesus' name. Bones, elbow, or knees, command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. And Father, we pray you'll intervene in the lives of people in their situations. To miracles, Lord. Hear the prayers of your people being prayed right here in this place. And to miracles, Lord. To miracles. Just as you did in the Bible. Open up doors that are closed. Meet the financial needs of your people, God. Bringing supernatural provision in their lives. We pray that each one will stand up to testify to your goodness in their lives. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.